From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. Thanks. I'm Tintin, by the way. Haddock. Archibald Haddock. Someone's locked the door. The keys, Noe. Not the sandwich. The keys. Yes? Good day. I'd like to speak to Mr. Tintin, please. I'll get him. Hang on. He's gone? Oh, dear. <sighs> Maybe another time. Tintin, one of the most loved, ageless comic characters in India and around the world, turned 93 this week. What is it about the intrepid reporter from Brussels, his bumbling friend Captain Haddock, and his pet dog Snowy that continues to fire our imagination almost a century on? In this episode, my colleague Amitav Sanyal spoke to two of the foremost experts of graphic art and publishing in India on their love for Tintin. Orjit Sen wrote India's first graphic novel, River of Stories, in 1994. As a teacher of the art form in universities, he has seen the love for Tintin thrive among budding artists several generations his junior, and he continues to find lingering influences in his own work. Speaking to Amitava, Orjit says he had begun making his own illustrations to barter for comics when he first came across a Tintin comic as a 12-year-old. It was only around 12 or so that uh, I first came across Tintin. I came across Tintin at a friend's house and I remember it was King Autograph Scepter and, and it gave me a strange kind of feeling when I read it. It was nothing like nothing I had experienced before. Uh, reading Tintin made me feel like I was entering that world. I was physically in that world. Uh, and it was a very fascinating feeling and uh, it's, it struck me and I wanted to really, from then on, I just wanted to make comics that make you feel like you can enter into that world. I didn't know what the magic was about it, but now later in Afterthought and having read uh, theoretical stuff about comics, especially this Scott McCloud talks about this particular thing as well. Uh, now I know that it's, it's to do with this peculiar combination of uh, uh, very sim- simple characters, like uh, the way the characters are drawn, like there are not many details. Tintin's eyes are just two dots, one little nose, egg-shaped head. Uh, but the backgrounds are very detailed. And the backgrounds have a lot of atmosphere, very realistic, lighting, uh, and all of that stuff, uh, the landscape details, the buildings. When I was a kid, I just didn't know. I just knew that, man, this is something amazing, and I'm just going to want to make those. And I made so many efforts to keep drawing Tintin-like. And that's how I started copying Tintin. Uh, that was, of course, the first instinct is to copy it and try and get to understand how does this guy do what he does. Right from the start, when I was doing the Tintin comics, I was inserting my uh, context, my Asian Indian context into it. Again, it was not a, a sort of a thought through post-colonial uh, sort of a position. It was somehow I wanted to do that. I, I didn't feel that I needed to stick to um, those settings or those people or whatever exactly. 
So I won't do Tintin, but uh, I had my own version right, in which I was Tintin and I created a character, uh, you know, somewhat like Tintin, but also like me. Mm, and uh, my friend who was a Sardarji, and he was Haddock. Mm, uh, so somehow the Sardarji friend of mine had the same uh, kind of a blustering sort of personality and it fitted perfectly as Haddock. So I made him a Sardarji. So, uh, and I remember the first uh, Tintin comic I copied fairly closely using these characters of mine uh, was Tintin in Tibet. And there was a kind of sequence which used to fascinate me where it's a, uh, on a page, a series of long horizontal panels. And we see Tintin, Haddock and the porters and others sort of walking in a line. And Haddock is swigging from his bottle of whiskey. So he's in a josh and he's right up front. And the others are walking in a more sedate pace. They know they have a long journey to make. And then in a series of frames, you see how Haddock starts to get tired and fall back as the others keep on overtaking him. Till And the last panel, he's just struggling at the end of the frame. Yeah. I thought that was like genius. Kind of, and I did that page with my own characters, exactly like every frame, the way it was. But somewhere in your style today, mm. you have various styles. There is no one style of your yeah. drawing. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in your style, there are still those thick lines of Hergé mm. uh, of characters and some of your stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's so much, uh, I guess I've internalized it. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't see it as a copy. It's a tribute. It's taking my learnings from one master of the form and the medium uh, into my own worldview and my own way of expressing. I get quite surprised by how popular Tintin is even today and even uh, people who are separated from me by like 40 years, they still love and read Tintin along, although they have access to so much more. Like uh, when I was young, as I was saying, we had a very limited range of things we could read. And Tintin came along and kind of blew away all the rest of it in terms of uh, what comics could do. But it's only after I went to NID that I realized the whole world of comics because the library there had amazing comics and graphic novels on everywhere. And that's when I realized the vast universe of comics. I mean, to me, comics was still just those few things I knew. Today, young people are getting access to the best of comics on the internet. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of good work being done in recent years, which they have access to. And from different parts of the world, now it's no longer just Europe or the US that you're reading comics from. However, Tintin still retains that fascination that everybody... And you can also look at all that, uh, you know, accusations of uh, uh, colonialism, racism, and all that is there uh, if, for everybody to see. But that still doesn't diminish one's love for... Uh, those characters and the way they are portrayed. In terms of artistic style or storytelling, do you see a direct influence in some of your peers, young or old? I don't see a lot of people pursuing that sort of um, obsessive detail and perfection. Um, that to me is very fascinating about Tintin. I think in today's uh, world, we actually don't have, I mean, I can't think of anybody who would spend their whole life making 20, 20 odd titles with the same title and literally span his entire lifetime doing that. I mean, there's just so many things going on and everybody is influenced by so many things and excited by so many things and they have access to so many things that nobody ends up spending that kind of time 
uh, to create work of that that kind. I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying it's a particular kind of work which comes from a certain um, sort of a cultural landscape and time and all of that. Although I'm not doing anything to do with Tintin, when I finished drawing it, I can see certain things, the way I've drawn the fold of a certain shirt or a way the gesture of a hand, and I know that's coming from Tintin. The way Herjay uses detail and his, uh, mm, uh, his kind of uh, attention to every element in the landscape, in the background. Uh, I mean, I went to mm, the Toyota Museum of Automobiles when I was in Japan. And they have a whole gallery just dedicated to the cars that appear in Tinted Comics. Uh, wow. Because he drew every car. He does he does it invent cars. He actually, every car, every vehicle, every aeroplane, every house, architecture is something which which is it's an existing thing. I mean, you can identify that. This is an Alfa Romeo, this is whatever. Uh, and that sort of a, um, attention to detail. Uh, it's also, uh, sometimes I think with me, it, I might even say it's a curse because I can't get away from it. Uh, uh, it's like I need to finish this and move on, but I want, oh, that car in the background or that tree in the background that is not correct. How can there be, a, a, you know, a, whatever, a coniferous tree in a setting that's not appropriate for it? Billions of blue blisters. Are you all right? Who's the thundering son of a seagirk and who did that? Nestor! The little darlings are safe. I could weep for joy. How silly of me. No, madame. Police business is never amusing. Quite so. Not amusing in the least. Good, Good night. Detectives, your hats. And watch out for the cables. But how did a comic book published in the early half of the last century find its way onto Indian shores? Professor Abhijit Gupta, one of India's foremost historians of books and printing, teaches graphic narrative courses at Jadapur University. Gupta's connection with the famous comic reporter is a little more personal, given that his own pet name is Tintin. He tells Amitava Sanyal that it was Satyajit Ray who first introduced Tintin to a generation of young Indians, how translations made the comic more accessible, and why the love for Tintin's adventures endures despite the somewhat dated politics of the comic's creator, Hirsch. What we want to know from your vast experience of having immersed yourself in Tintin comics and having taught graphic narratives as a professor of literature in Jadhapur University, is how growing up in Kolkata in the 1970s and 80s, a whole generation of kids got inspired, fired up by Tintin and Ajay's art of Tintin. I think in the, the 1970s, uh, mid to late 1970s was the time when um, a um, whole generation of um, Bengali readers uh, were suddenly, as it were, acquainted with this uh, comic book character called Tintin, uh, though in the French, in French it should be Tata, but uh, it came through two translations. So first, the French into English, and then the Bengali from, not from the French, but from the English. In, in, and it appeared in the pages of uh, Anandamala, which was a new magazine launched by the Anandabazar House. Now, uh, the 
Um, there is a there is a kind of a an interesting story, uh, maybe apocryphal, maybe not. Um, uh, when Anandamala was being launched, and Anandamala had been a kind of intermittent uh, um, journal in the early seventies, and uh, I think those who were planning Anandamala were looking for uh, a comic strip which was um, Western or, to be more precise, Franco-Belgian in origin. And uh, apparently, the filmmaker Shotujit Rai suggested Tintin because uh, every time he would go abroad, he would buy uh, copies of Tintin again presumably in an English translation. And you see, Tintin appears again, I mean, um, in, 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 in Joy Baba Felunath, uh, if you look very closely, there's a Tintin comics, which is lying in the attic room of Ruku, as, as there is also a Batman drawing. So there is a kind of, uh, you know, very, very um, cleverly hidden comics uh, uh, subtext within the world of uh, Ray's uh, children's films. But uh, to come back to the mid seventies, you see, um, um, what really was interesting was the choice of the translator of Tintin. Anandamala was then being edited by the very uh, eminent Bengali poet Nirendranath Chakraborty. Uh, and uh, some of the most uh, well-known early translations of Tintin were carried out by Nirendranath Chakraborty. Uh, and that became absolutely a kind of a household phenomenon. You see, my own uh, encounter with Tintin was slightly earlier. I had, uh, like Captain Haddock, an uncle in the Merchant Navy. Um, he was not yet then captain. He was not Captain Roy. Uh, he, he was so um, he would bring his friends over to uh, my uh, what we call Mama Mamarbari or my maternal uncle's place. So uh, I saw a copy of, if I recollect correctly, the Shooting Star um, or maybe the Broken Ear. I forget which. Uh, it was in English, with one right. of the sailors, with one of his sailor friends. Wow. And I was like six or seven at that time, so I didn't really understand it very well. I mean, you know, um, because it was in English and slightly difficult uh, for me to read. Then, uh, when Anandamala began coming out, uh, four pages of uh, The Crab with the Golden Claws began to be serialized. And that was a kind of a, uh, you know, I think a, a landmark moment in the history of Bengali comics. Uh, so, like me, a lot of people read Tintin and, and immediately. Uh, as you said before, immersed in the world of uh, the boy reporter and his dog. This phenomenon itself, that uh, such an eminent poet, Nirundran Chakraborty, who had his way with the words um, translated, had le he left his own imprint. Uh, like Milu, the dog, became snowy mm. in English, from French to English, mm -hmm. became kuttush in Bengali. Mm -hmm. That is a personalization which is very difficult. He left most of it... Uh, as it was in English, Thompson and Thompson became Johnson and Ronson. And Ronson yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, Kuttush. Kuttush is, of course, a central character in all stories. He is the holder of the morals. What Tintin can run into trouble, can say bad words, Haddock can uh, wreak havoc. But Kuttush or Snowy is the one who holds the moral, says, no, don't do this, don't go there. How does that work? You're absolutely right, and uh, you know when you point out that uh, of all the proper proper names in uh, the comics, I think the uh, most of them were left unchanged. So from the English, that is, uh, Tintin is unchanged throughout, right? And, um, uh, and calculus was tournesol in uh, French; he becomes calculus, remains calculus. Uh, the, uh, the the twins are Dupont and Dupont in the French, uh, Thompson and Thompson in. English and Johnson and Ronson, so it's, it's quite similar. But Kutush is a, is, is a very domesticated 
a very Bengali Bengali name, um, Snowy Milu and Kutush are very three different sounding names, and that and that also tells you that you know Kutush really had to win the hearts and minds of uh, of the readers. I mean, Tintin could be, you know, he could be visibly foreign uh, as could Captain Haddock, but Kutush had to be somebody you could, uh, in a sense, a child could relate with. In, in it, it's also a kind of a child's view of the world. I mean, you know, the, uh, Kutush, of course. Is as, as a dog is itself himself also torn between good and bad. He has a bad angel and the good angel, and so whether to you know concentrate on a bone or whether to do the task that Tintin has asked him to do. So he's constantly uh, driven between his good side and the bad side. Now that is again something which children will relate to. I mean, Tintin is again very upright. You know, he's an idealist. He's forever trying to correct. Um, um, the world around him uh, held good triumph over bad, and Haddock, in his own bumbling way, in doing the same. But uh, Kutush also has a little bit of a, he could go the other way, right? I mean, but he doesn't. They will know I must not do this. But sometimes he gets drunk, he sort of licks whiskey and gets uh, crucial moments. The other, and the other point is that Nirendra Chakraborty's translation, you know, in a sense, he was. Um, uh, it, I think, succeeded because they chose to begin with The Crab with the Golden Claws. I mean, they wanted Captain Haddock to be part of it. Chronologically, that's not the first book. I mean, if you look at the Beng history of the Bengali translations, the earlier books, such as Tintin um, in America uh, or um, King Autocar's Scepter and so on and forth, uh, they come later uh, in Bengali translation. So the moment zero in the Bengali translated Tintin world is Crab with the Golden Claws or Kankara Rahosho. Tintin meets Haddock, and that is because Haddock's, um, you know, his 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 vocabulary of uh, of, of uh, I'm, I'm trying to not say abuse or expletives because they're not that right. They're not. They're, they're, I mean that they translated very well into Bengali. For example, the first time when Haddock really rips, lets it go, was when he's in the middle of a desert. He's being shot at by you know unknown unknown assailants. And he has carefully saved a bottle of uh, possibly whiskey or wine, and and a stray bullet shatters that, and that really sort of pushes him over the edge, and he launches a one-person attack across the dunes. And that sequence of um, um, you know the names that he calls in Bengali, I can still remember them. It do uh, it so it goes: Ulluk, Paji, Badur, Gadha, Kutta, Kutta, Badmash, Bison, Gondar, Hunuman, Jabuman, Ulluk, Shubaga, Girgiti, Bellik, Narkel, Turmuj, Anarosh, Bombete, Bhut, Hamdo, Mamdo, Gadha, Betmish, and so on and forth it goes. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to translate carpetbaggers, Bashi Bazook, Billions, Blue String Barnacles. So he took an entire, Dumeendra took an entire different route. I mean, you know, he just yeah. sort of made it sim simpler, but very easy to remember. Uh, and, and that really... I think worked very well. And yes, he was also translated to Hindi, which also uh, created a different uh, mm -hmm. set of uh, readers in another part of India. And also, Tintin came to India. Tintin himself yes. came to India. He passed through India in some of his escapades. And in Blue Diamond, he came to India. The depiction of India in Tintin, now that we see it in a removed way at this age, um, is there a hint of um, racism? Is there a hint of um, something that you wouldn't really uh, look at kindly? You know, the very real problems with Erge's early work, for instance, the first work, Tata on Congo, was uh, so racist that it was not translated to English for a very long time, if at all. In fact, I've not found an English translation. Uh, maybe there's no one now. 
I, the one uh, I possess is a French one because uh, you know he uh, and that sort of reprises uh, the the, the uh, her terrible history of Belgian colonialism in Africa. You know what were Belgique Congo, um, um, and 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 you see that um, in 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 a very very naked way in in Tata or Congo, which is which was a good reason for not for it not to be translated uh, that widely. And even in some of the early works, um, you know, where there is a kind of a. Uh, it's a kind of a crudeness about it. Now, uh, but again, and, and that's why the Bengali work books work well because they started with Crab with the Golden Claws, where you, where friendship was the more important, uh, in first, uh, in, in, you know, element. Uh, Tintin and Captain Haddock, and there the world building had become much more sophisticated. And this was after the Second World War, and you know, I don't want to go into that, but Hergé's own, um, you know, this 1929 was when Tintin in America was written, so it's a very long time back. I mean, you know, and if you're looking for that kind of, I mean. Ezra's work was uh, similar to other kinds of popular popular work and uh, had its own share of racism and political incorrectness, um, uh, uh, historically situated. But I think after the Second World War, uh, Ezra, and because he was working with the largest studio, I mean, there were checks and balances. Uh, the worldview, especially the, world, the, the, the politics of the world that he's looking at, becomes much more sophisticated. Uh, it doesn't fall, he doesn't commit those blunders, early blunders that he did especially in in America in this depiction of Native Americans or or that um, or Congo uh, so yes I mean if you read that now you know you cringe uh, it's, it's a bit cringeworthy some of the early work but you can also see that sort of evolution uh, happening uh, in his later work so it's important important to read, read it historically and chronologically locate it um, in the moments historical moments that the works were being produced in for example the Cold War or the moon shots, um, and so on and forth. I mean, they're again located quite firmly in that that historical moment. But Tintin seems to be timeless himself, right? You are a professor of literature in Jadavpur University, and you have had a compulsory course in graphic narratives from the mid two thousands. How has Tintin affected this? Is there a direct line there, or is Tintin just in the background? And Tintin is part of this, of course. I mean, uh, but uh, it's not central to this project uh, because people are looking at all kinds of things. But you know, you're, uh, there are two ways I think a scholar could look at Tintin, just as the text itself, but also the uh, the way in which these texts were put together. I mean, it was not every one one person doing this. He had the whole studio at his disposal. The way in which um, the work was researched and storyboarded, and then finally. Uh, um, brought to its final stage is a fascinating story about the invisible ecology of labor that uh, goes on behind and, the, and a collaborative enterprise as well. Um, and and it's one of the one of the interesting things is um, also about uh, you know this is again quite um, you know any any comic scholar will know this but I think one of the uh, important features which again is still very um, remarkable about Ayers's work is you see that the very detailed world that he builds you know the roads the uh, aircraft, the ships, the harbors, etc. But the human beings, particularly Tintin, Haddock, and others, they're very they're drawn with a kind of minimalism, a taut minimalism, just a squiggle, just two, you know, two, two dots, a face. Now, uh, comics uh, theorist Scott McLeod calls this, you know, there is set one set of lines to be and one set of lines to see. So you have a set of lines which is for a richly detailed world which you can enter. And you are, in a sense, you are Tintin, you are Haddock, you are, you are, you, you, you have one set of lines which you become. So in a sense, you become those lines which are universal, 
which are not particularized. It can, it's just a geometric figure. And we enter this very rich sens sensory, sensuous world um, of, 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 of the comics. So it's almost as if you've entered the world yourself. So that is something which, you know, Japanese manga has also used, Franco-Belgian comic has also used, and that is one, perhaps one of the reasons behind the durability of Tintin. It's, it's the sheer pleasure to read it, I mean, the, and the, the technique, the craft that goes beyond the making of it. And this, I think there's still stuff to be said about that, uh, even from a kind of a scholarly point of view. Today's episode is produced by Jairad Singh, Arun George, and Sunay Marathi. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas, and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TOI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at toipodcasts at timesinternet.in.